0: Hello, and welcome to the X-Files Revisited. I'm your host, Graham Davidson, and with me as always is Brian Womax. Join us as we systematically work our way through the full X-Files franchise. In each episode, we will tackle a single episode of the X-Files, so join along. Watch with us as we discuss each and every detail on the X-Files Revisited. So, welcome back to the X-Files Revisited. We are on to episode four of season three, Clyde Brookman. Brian? Yeah. As you alluded to last time, you said this was a, a big episode. To tell us yeah. a little bit more about it. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, so the, the episode title, the full episode title, is actually uh, Clyde Brookman's Final Repose. Um, ah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, there you go. But, yeah, we'll, we'll just call it Clyde Brookman for short. Sure. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean we're going to get into it, so there's no point in me giving the game away. Although I think I've pretty much done that already with the last episode. Look, I, I love this episode. I love this mm. episode. The the interesting thing about this will be to
0: find out whether you
1: love this episode.
0: Um, well, and, I guess we'll discover that throughout the review. Yes. What um, I will see is is when this one started. Mm. Um, I got flashbacks. I, I remember this one. Right. Um, um, uh, particularly, um, one moment. And, but I'll, I'll remind you. We'll talk about it when we get to it. One moment that stuck with me. I, I do remember quite a bit. Uh, but you know, let's get into the episode itself and see what it has to you, you offer. You know,
1: it kind. This episode to me kind of has a little bit of that vibe of um, John dies at the end, mm. uh, but. But better, I think. Not as manic, not 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 quite as manic. No, um, a bit more to say, I think. But uh, anyway, so yeah, we start off. Clyde Brookman reads, otherwise known as Peter Boyle. So yeah, we've got a, a, another big name actor, fairly big name for TV at this point. Uh, Clyde Brookman reads predictions from the stupendous yappy. A, uh, a a psychic uh, from a newspaper yeah. um, whilst whilst buying some whiskey uh some some amusing predictions i think by this guy oh yeah yeah but uh he he crosses the street after buying his newspaper and his whiskey and bumps into a man who walks into a f- basically bumps into this guy uh there's, there's an exchange between him which i think was quite amusing mm-hmm. um, and so this this guy who will be will come to be known as the puppet? He he uh, walks into a fortune teller's place and has his palms read uh, before killing the woman who's just read his palms. So yeah, so it's a, it's a yeah, bizarre it's a opening.
0: It is, it's, it's a kind of Sorry, sorry, fun sorry,
1: sorry, just pause, her, pause. Her, doors no. going flipping. you were saying
0: yeah yeah As a bizarre opening um i think it's a rather fun one with having the peter boyle character you don't really know what he's doing seems to be commenting on these rather strange predictions and then just buys booze and leaves and i, I i'm like okay this is a character we're following then he bumps into someone in the street and then they instantly follow that other character and i was like oh so now we're now on to this one which is uh, a, a bit of a twist because obviously you know Peter Boyle from other things and I thought you know that's who we're going to follow. But we get into the, 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 the fortune teller, the palm reader and you just instantly know that this guy's wrong. <laughs> uh, but but he's, he's again he's a rather strange looking actor as in he, he doesn't look mm-hmm. menacing or evil, he's rather unassuming, just your mm-hmm. typical guy. He's, he's not big, he's, he's kind of small and um i thought it was a nice interplay between those two and you know it's one of those things that you always see people saying to like fortune tellers you should have seen this coming yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it's 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 an interesting opening it's 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 not it doesn't feel like a traditional x-files opening at all but uh you get the sun's kind of whiting you out again a bit there mate so So, uh, yeah, d- and I, this is an episode, uh, as is often the case with Darren Morgan episodes, where I get more out of it on repeat viewings, because mm. I, th- I think the first time I saw it, I, I I didn't really tune in to a lot of what Brookman was saying, because he, he right. talks a lot, he comes out with a lot of stuff, he's very deadpan in his delivery. Yes um and and there's a lot of humor that comes out of that um and e- even more so on repeat viewings like i say mm. just that certain things that i pick up on and whatnot but um but yeah uh so mulder and scully arrive with <laughs> a profile of the killer based on previous victims so this this mm. isn't the first fortune teller this, this isn't the first victim they arrive with this profile but the police who are there <laughs> bring in this guy Yappy the stupendous Yappy yeah. um, who hates Mulder's skepticism mm. uh does, does the old Spock thing with his eyebrows and uh, he chucks him out he chucks Mulder out of the uh, out of the room because he feels like it's hindering his ability to psychically yeah. evaluate the situation and uh, Mulder tells the police that Yappy is basically full of it um
0: yeah I, I didn't know what was going on at the start of this scene but I loved it because the FBI guys are talking about but we've decided to call you've called an extra help yeah I feel that this guy should come in and can help us out I mean mm. he's described as a bit spooky yeah. which would be fun and then Mulder and uh, Scully turn up and they're like who are, who are you guys? ah <laughs> oh, yeah i forgot you so it's a kind of joke as in because we all we're all thinking mm. it's it's milder and Scully. it's not mm. and then uh, yappy turns up <laughs> and, and it is the most <sighs> it's, it's what you think of when you think of psychics yeah to be fair yeah. you know um, the, the murderer will be a man <laughs> or a woman <laughs> they between, will be. The colour will be within the, age, the of, age of five and um, ninety. Yeah,
1: it's. That, it's
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I just, I, it's great. Somewhere yeah. in the crime scene will be the colour red, <laughs> blue, green, or yellow. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's one of those funny scenes. And then the fact that Mulder <laughs> gets pit, pinpointed as the skeptic, it's kind mm. of funny because he's always the person that believes, but you yeah. know that he's skeptical of this guy, yeah. as everybody should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it, kind of funny.
1: It, it harkens back to that previous Morgan episode, Humbug, in which this character of Mulder, who you know is gener- generally considered the, the freaky one, the spooky one, suddenly becomes quite normal when put in the context of these circus freaks. Well, yep. here, well here, Morgan does the same, except he's saying actually. Mulder's quite normal by regular everyday people standards, because look at these guys, you know, and it's like it, it is that thing of of kind of normalising Mulder to the extent of making the rest of society look like the weirdos, the freaks, mm-hmm. the, the kooks. Um, yeah, I I love the way that Morgan plays with that, but um, so yeah mulder says that he's full of it goes into various reasons why which are, which is quite interesting um but we we moved to brookman selling insurance so it turns out that if you're if you're a psychic, you can see people's deaths um yeah what a job to go for sell sell insurance life insurance um this guy really wants to buy a boat but yeah. Brookman's like, you don't want to buy a boat. It's like, no, I, I really want to buy a boat. And then the, Brookman's like, you don't get it, do you? And then he proceeds to tell him how this guy's going to die on a boat mm. in several years' time, uh, basically
0: putting the guy off. Um, no, so, no, 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 he tells he, he tells the guy he's going to die driving home. Oh yeah, yes, a, yes, yeah.
1: So, so yeah, so you need you need you need life insurance basically. Yes. A boat a boat is not what you need. Life insurance it's what you need right now to provide for your family when you're (laughs) gone Um, so yeah really funny scene Um, obviously tells us more about Brookman as a character what he sees you know so far we've seen him taking the mick out of psychics, and here we here here we learn that he is one yeah Yeah. a, a genuine one in the midst of this investigation. So the question yeah. is how how is he gonna come into play here? Um, so <sighs> he goes home for a drink and we, we get a, a bizarre, uh, bizarre series of visions which will mm-hmm. all come into play later on in the episode. But he takes a head of lettuce out of the yeah. fridge. Um, and when he, when he looks at it, it's, it's an actual head, a bloody head inside it, which he then proceeds to bin. He goes around to his neighbors to, to take out her garbage and sees visions of her dog chewing away a body, um, yeah. which, which is pretty grim. Uh, <laughs> and then he goes downstairs and then finds an actual body uh, another fortune teller in the dumps in, in the dumpster out of the back mm-hmm. um so
0: yeah we we very quick i think you get a good sorry there you go
1: i th- i think i was just going to say what it seems you might be about to say so i'll let you say
0: oh. it <laughs> um, i think you get a quite a good look into this guy you know just by seeing his routine you see him in his fridge mm. he seems like a, a bit of a loner never seen with a smile in his face um but he's not one of these um so, overall negative people you know he's, he goes to the next door neighbor's house and he tries to like, help. he's obviously helped her out before you know that you he got any trash need to take down and then sees the vision has your dog got enough food you mm-hmm. <laughs> know the little jokey mm-hmm. um and then goes down the stairs and, and he's shocked by the the body as well and i, I kind of like this character so far mm-hmm. Yeah, um, from what we see. I think you you also get,
1: um, and again, I think this, this works more on repeat viewings. Uh, once once you get the whole context, the whole sweep of the episode, and you go back and watch it, I I really gain a sense of sympathy for this guy because mm-hmm. every interaction that he has with someone, he sees their death, yeah. and it's like. You know, like you commented, he ne- he never smiles. There's a reason for that. Every, every, you know, his human interaction is plagued with visions of of death constantly. Uh, you know, with everyone that he meets, and so yeah, this if anyone's got a right to be miserable, it's this guy. Um, so I, I do. I get I get a real sense of sympathy for him, um, mm-hmm. helped by Boyle's Emmy-winning performance, it must be said. Okay, so Mulder and Scully arrive on the scene. Scully asks who found the body, which takes them to Brookman's uh, room, his his flat, where they're interviewing him. Uh, Scully interviews Clyde. He knows loads of stuff even though yeah. he he didn't touch the body. So like he, he he didn't touch the body, didn't even he didn't even like turn it over to look at it or anything. You know, it's face down, yet he knows he knows everything about it. Yeah. Um, and yet he claims he didn't touch it. Uh He didn't read about any of the other cases as well, so he claims and Mulder takes him to the first victim's apartment. Mulder, Mulder starts sensing it just, it, some things yeah. about this guy, so
0: I like looking back at the episode after seeing the end of it. There's lots of of conversations throughout this about probability and Mm. uh, predestination of of things. And looking back at it or talking about it now, you have the idea that the the killer is also a psychic Mm. and is very similar to Clyde's role. Mm. And you you understand that he has placed that body there so that the FBI become in contact with clyde brookman you know when you think about it you know he's doing things because he's seen it yeah and he knows about placing that body there. he's going to introduce the fbi to brookman which is then going to continue the story because he's already sent a letter Mm -hmm. to brookman to get a letter so it has all these these facets that you don't immediately think of but when you look back at it you realize how well thought out and how layered it actually is it is extremely layered and it's again it's that i've got
1: such an appreciation for this guy as a writer just the the level of detail that goes into his scripts is is just phenomenal um but just it's just the conversations as well the interactions they're always about something you know what i mean it's like this this interaction here between him and Mulder and scully that they're saying a lot um, but they're actually saying a lot. You know, it's not just words that that like. Brooke, uh, Morgan likes to deal with these themes. He likes to delve deep into stuff, and and it is like you said that idea of you know predestination, determinism, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and there's it, it, in in many ways this reminds me of a lot of the ideas that are raised in the film Arrival. Hmm. Um, you know, like. SPOILER! Um, if, if you've not seen Arrival and you, you do not want it spoiling well I, I won't spoil it but let's just say like the, the ending in that film you know it raises that question if you see the end coming would you try and change it? Can you even change it? Or would it find another way of working itself out? And it almost seems like Brookman is well does not almost seem he comes out and says it at one point that he's he's a character who's kind of resigned himself to the fact that this stuff will happen regardless of what yeah. he does it'll find it'll find its own way to work itself out so um uh yeah so i uh, so they take him to the apartment of the first victim uh basically the, the same place pla- place where uh, the stupendous yappy did his Thing, um and they, they they get him to do his version of it basically and at many points it seems very familiar it seems very similar to the way that Yappy did it but each yeah. time he each time he goes into that sense of familiarity he kind of he, he throws a curveball in there he throws something else in there that suggests actually no this guy knows what he's talking
0: about, whereas Yappy yeah.
1: was... It's the difference between making yeah, it up...
0: He throws out the blanket statement and then he pinpoints mm. it down, Yeah, you know, as, as to why... Like, especially about the guy, like, um, the guy doesn't feel like he's in control. Yeah, But it's more than that. He yeah. feels that he is already determined that this is going yeah. to happen. He's being controlled. He's yeah. a puppet. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... So, um,
1: so he... he he ends up naming Glenview Lake as the place that the body will be found uh, for for the for the for the victim. Uh, talks about why people do what they do. Uh, like you said, the killer the killer thinks he's a puppet. Why did the victim collect dolls? So he has this really nice conversation about because in the in the apartment there's there's this collection of dolls and he's talking mm. like. Why did this? You know, why, why does anybody do anything? Why did this victim mm. collect dolls? Is it you know? Did they just yeah. wake up one morning and suddenly decided to collect dolls? Or was did an event happen in their life that determined that they would be that kind of person? And it does raise again. It's it's that theme, isn't it? Like, you know, in 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 humbug, we had this theme that Morgan was getting to grips with in, in every scene. And that's the way he writes, you know. He he, uh, he builds his stories, and he, each scene he deals with that theme. He never strays away from that theme. Mm-hmm. He's always fixating on it, asking more questions about it. And there is that, you know, why? Yeah, why do we do the things that we do? Is it fate? Is it destiny? Are we controlled in some way? Have we got no choice? Um, and like any good theorist, he doesn't give you an answer. No, he just he asks the questions but never provides the answers. Which yeah, like you say, really great way to to create discussion. Um, so so we cut to them pulling the body from the from Glenview Lake, and Mulder argues at this point that Brookman is a genuine psychic. Uh, Scully says that maybe you just got lucky and at which point Mulder points out the fat little white Nazi stormtrooper which uh, which Brookman had mentioned they'd find near the crime scene uh, but like mm. I mean that's just the icing on the cake is the is the the fat little white Nazi stormtrooper the fact that he got the very lake which the body was yeah. going to be dragged out of then
0: having that stormtrooper
1: thing next to it but but it's...
0: it's it's a nice image as well because it's close enough to that description mm. to be good well, that is it but yeah. it's far enough away for that to look well are you seeing that because the thought was put in your head yeah or is that what you were with the thought anyway yeah you know, and it's, it's again it's more there is as much evidence to say that it is as there is to say that it's been predisposed because somebody's put that idea into your head yeah definitely <laughs>
1: doesn't change the fact that he got the right lake in which she was buried Um, but uh but yeah so Mulder goes to see brookman who treats his gift with disdain he doesn't want to help because he thinks the future is written so why bother doing anything to try to change it but he talks himself in. i love this moment absolutely love this moment it's just perfection he talks himself into it by warning Mulder of the dangers of tampering with the future. So he goes yeah. into this whole spiel about why you shouldn't, you shouldn't tamper with the future. And he's like, what if I could go back in time and change an event, you know, like the butterfly effects where, you know, these world changing events didn't happen. And ultimately my mum and dad didn't get together, which means I was never born. Mm. when do we start you know it's like he instantly realizes that oh, all right
0: i can wipe myself out here that'd be nice all right so see I, I look at it as in um it's already predetermined yeah you, you've we've seen at the start at the head of lettuce it's his head in the bag yeah, yeah. which comes full circle at the end mm. so this was probably all predetermined to happen to facilitate mm. that so he had no choice in saying that yes he wanted to do it mm. I just want to go back to the start of this scene, right? And this is one of the things that is perpetrated all through the episode that I think really raise it above a a standard episode, and that is the delivery and the underlying humour that comes within these episodes. We have this part where the the door goes, uh, Clyde Brookman's got his, his head and his hands covered, and Mulder walks in. Mulder doesn't get to say a word. He tells him why he's there, what they found, what they're going to do, blah, blah. And then when he takes his hands off his eyes, <laughs> he goes, Oh, it's you. <laughs> which is just one of these, like, it's the like throwby line, just absolutely hilarious and, and delivered yeah. perfectly.
1: Oh, yeah. it's you. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just, I, I, and you can't help but feel, is, is that Brookman's humour coming out? Because, mm. like, I, I think he knows it was Mulder, um, but he's. Oh, he's, it, it
0: gives him too much information. Not oh, to yeah, know. absolutely.
1: <laughs> but just, like, there's, there's no. You know he didn't get confused he wasn't expecting someone else or was it you know is that was there a particular timeline again going into pre uh, predetermination la, 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 and you know is is that the case did he see in in his vision was it scully who came through the door but because of something that has happened since his investigation started that has changed that maybe a decision that he's made it, it ended up being molder so again there's always that hint that yeah, he could be joking, but then again, he might not be. And because we're dealing with you know destiny versus free will, fate versus free will, all that kind of stuff, it could very easily be either one of the two. Because um, like you talk about, you know, the, he saw his head in the uh, in the thing, so it's it's going to happen. Um, he, he's resigned himself to that fact, but has he resigned himself to that fact because it's going to happen or is it going to happen because he's resigned himself to that fact and that's the question that the episode raises because it's like Mm. he's he's already he's already made his mind up that this stuff is going to happen so he's just got to roll with the punches and you kind of get there is that question there that uh, you know as as Mulder kind of hints that well, actually, if you get off your ass and do something about it to try and change these events, maybe you could. So maybe we do have free will, but you're choosing not to exercise that free will because because you've got into this kind of state of mind where, oh, it's gonna happen. So it becomes self-fulfilling prophecy in that regard. Um, so and again, this, we never get any answers. Yeah, we don't get any answers, but the fact that it raises these questions is what's so, so clever, so brilliant about it. And it's just, I love it. you don't get this kind of discussion with the average episode of x files because no. the a theme isn't latched onto and dealt with so specifically in every scene of the episode in the way that Morgan does it um so uh well so, so he he's, he's, so he's got he goes to to speak with brookman um
0: Oh uh, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: right. So yes, yeah, so he takes it. Mulder and Brookman play hit or miss. So basically, yeah. M- Mulder get, keeps on giving him various things from the crime scenes, and uh, Brookman kind of puts it to his head, and he either gets a hit or a miss. You know, it 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 it, it did come from the crime scene. It had something to do with it, or it didn't. Um, and and this guy is just getting misses and we do get a really nice moment where he says i've got it this is from your new york Knicks t-shirt which you may remember me saying this um so we we first got this in uh, one of my favorite yeah, episodes beyond the sea yeah when he tricked uh boggs with it um and and yeah, so it does re. i think it resurfaced at some point in season two if if i'm not mistaken and it's just resurfaced Great. here again um
0: but
1: then Mulder says miss. Yeah, it says miss, yeah, so it isn't. Um, so it's a ni- nice little in joke there. Scully brings a key uh, from one of the crime scenes. Uh, Brookman says the man who owns it is dead. So, yeah, I I, I I missed precisely what had gone on with this key, where she'd got it from, but it's, it's from one of the crime scenes. And.
0: Yeah, when, yeah. It's it's from the crime scene, and and he, he holds it, and then he starts rhyming off all mm. this information about the person. <laughs> um, he's this age, and she's like, "Wow, you got all that from the killing?" Yeah. Like, no, it's just coincidence. I sold him life <laughs> <patients."> insurance. <laughs>
1: yeah. So he remembers him. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, yeah, but but he does know that he's dead. So he shot, sold him life insurance, yeah. but he does know that he's dead, um, and he 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 has an inkling as to where the body is. So they go off to find this body and they have, a, this, again, a nice nice little combo in the car. Um, they're on the way to the body and Mulder asks how the visions come. He's really, in, like, he wants to know, he wants Clyde to tell him, well, is, you know, is it, is it like a dream? Is its is, is it, is it, what is it? And um, Bro- Brookman tells him that there are worse ways to go than auto-erotic asphyxiation. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It's just great. It's such a uh, lame thing because... Uh, yeah.
0: You know, well, you just assume he's messing with Fox. But it's just like, why did you say that? It stops him questioning him yeah, about yeah. his ideas and puts him onto, uh, like, why did you say that? Yeah,
1: just like, yeah. Hey, hey, yeah, it's just, and I, I, it's something you can believe as well with Mulder, given his penchant for, for watching porn.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: It's like, oh, man. But, yeah, just what a line. Cracking stuff. Um... So they they pull over to look at the to look for the body in this forest, hmm. and as they're walking through the the forest, Brookman shares his Big Bopper story. So obviously, you know, yeah. Big Bopper is this artist who yeah uh, you know, went down. With, did he go down in the plane with Buddy Holly? Yes. Or, yeah. 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 He, so he went down in the plane with Buddy Holly. That Buddy Holly died yeah. in, yeah. Um, and he was only on that plane because he tossed a coin. To decide whether or not he was going to go on this trip, and he ended up going. And it's like um, Brookman became so obsessed when he when he heard this story. He became so obsessed with his idea of um chance and probability that uh, something opened up in his mind where he was he was literally able to see the end result of you know where people would end up, uh, all the probabilities and stuff. So. Uh, obviously Scully says this is complete hokum sorry you don't expect me to buy this no way not buying it Um, but uh, they they go back to the car um, having not found the body Yep. Brookman's a bit confused because he's he's, he's adamant it's there they get a bit stuck in the mud so they push the car Mm -hmm. and as they push it it reveals that they were actually parked on top of it they'd yeah so where Brookman had said stop here the bodies here he he
0: literally meant it's here it was, yeah right underneath him so um, and this this is one of the the two uh, things from this episode that stuck with me and, and small things so things like um mm. when system. says to him well, i'm glad i'm used to you. you you put a smile on mm. your face and he's yeah. like it's not a smile it's a grimace yeah yeah th- that line for some reason has stuck with me ever since i saw this episode in 1985 or whatever right okay so from back from way back when All yeah right. don't know why don't know why but that is just th- that mm. stuck in my brain for some reason or other
1: yeah it, it does got does call attention to you know yeah. fr- from Mulder's perspective that this guy never smiles yeah you know? and, and like he he there's there's a bit of a humanitarian element in Mulder there that Actually, he wants to see this guy smile. Mulder sympathizes with this guy, and he he'd like to put a smile on his face, and he's happy to see that there's a smile on his face, as he says. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, and we learn once again, it's not. He ain't smiling; it's a grimace. And I just think that that idea that yeah, he I think he walks through most of his life with a grimace on, and this this is no different really. Um, but it's quite quite sad in many ways. Um, yeah. But uh, Mulder and Scully take a fiber over to Brookman's that was found on the body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Brookman says it belongs to the killer. He sees a vision of the future from the killer's perspective. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> of Mulder being killed after stepping in a pie uh yeah. so Mulder and even Scully at this point start to get really kind of you know worked up by it the, and, and, well, he, n-
0: he never says killed
1: <clears throat> no he's he, he's he's saying the killer's coming up behind Mulder and yeah. um like we we see in the vision eventually that he does slash Mulder's throne mm, so yeah. there is that um but uh, from, yeah, from Mulder and Scully's perspective, they're like, they, they just want to know the end of this story. Where's he going? What's the end? How's Mulder going to, you know, does Mulder survive? This, that and the other. And all he keeps fixating on is this damn pie. It's like, is it cheese? No, 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 no. It's, it's this... It's lemon meringue. Lemon meringue. No. It's this lemon meringue pie. It's like, it's just, yeah, fixated on the details of this pie. Um...
0: I've got it. It was offy Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... But this is, I like, what I like about this scene is uh, it, it plays out as he's telling the story. He, he's telling about Mulder being caught up. And when it gets to the point where the guy is coming behind Mulder with a knife, he's mm. describing it, and then he stops, and then they're like, and then what? And he's like, and then nothing. Mm. That's it, it's gone. But we see Mulder having his, his throat slit. Yeah. Nobody says that. That's yeah. uh, We can only imagine that that is a visual representation of us uh, doing some big supposing or one of the characters thinking that but the main character never says that so it's a misdirect from the filmmaker
1: yeah well, it's 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 open to interpretation that's the thing and the way i read it um and again this, this this isn't definitive it is open to interpretation but the way i i choose to read it is that brookman does see that he sees it because i i see him as being stuck in this mindset of predeterminism everything's going to happen so why try to change it um,
0: and Mulder I, isn't. I have a theory. Mulder, yeah. Mulder isn't stuck in that um, mindset. I, I, I see this because Mulder knows that this guy sees people's deaths hmm. and he's describing Mulder chasing after this guy hmm. so I think that Mulder is assuming that the guy is going to kill him when what Brookman is seen is not Mulder's death but the puppet's death because he gets shot moments after it.
1: But that doesn't that doesn't explain the seeing Mulder's throat get cut.
0: Yeah, I think that's Mulder projecting that onto it because nobody right, mentions anything right. about. Okay. book. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's yeah. Mulder yeah. because Mulder just assumes that because he always sees people death and this guy mm-hmm. was coming up behind him with a knife, yeah. he's assuming that when really what Brookman is seeing is the puppet's death, mm-hmm. this guy's demise.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a nice like reading, uh, and people are free to, to have that reading. It's not my reading, but that's fine. That's that's. I think that's purposeful. I think that's the way the episode <laughs> plays. It is. It's the way the episode yeah. plays, isn't it? So uh, and that, and that's why I like it. I, I like stuff like that that isn't so definitive. Uh, but yeah, um, for me, it is this this uh, dichotomy between a character who is so f- fixed on. Predetermined events, and then someone like Mulder who says, "No, I don't prescribe to that. You can change your your, your destiny. You can choose your destiny." Um, so, yeah, um, but uh,
0: you see, Mulder—the uh, way he describes it—is he's like the guy's coming from behind you. Yeah, and then um, Mulder thinks that because he knows that he can change what's going to happen so he turns round but because he's already predetermined to turn round that's why the guy is behind him and gets them and because of the way he envisages it he imagines that he's going to turn around and just shoot the guy Mm. do you see what i mean yeah i see what you mean because he thinks he's he thinks he's changing the future because he's going to turn around and shoot him but he's just playing into the way it's already played out yeah yeah because the guy is behind him again yeah Again, it's just yeah some big okay. supposing,
1: yeah, it's a mighty big supposing. <laughs> no, but it's it's good. I love it. It's 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 great. Really great episode. Um, so yeah, he gives Mulder and Scully an unopened letter that he was sent from the killer, as he as he jokingly puts it, um, who says he's going to kill Brookman. So. It is actually a letter from from the killer, and the killer basically says, "I I I know you exist, um, and I'm going to kill you." Uh, so,
0: mm. yeah,
1: yeah. Do, doesn't know what Brookman looks like at this point.
0: Yeah, um, but then Brookman doesn't know what he looks like no,
1: either. No, ne- neither one of them do. Neither one of them know because they see through each other's eyes, mm-hmm. but uh, they've so far not seen. Yeah. So but yeah, it's in,
0: interesting. Um Then so, we get a kind of of mix of two scenes next. We get the tarot reading yeah, uh, yeah. and we get
1: Scully talking to it, but Yeah. We, so we keep we keep flashing between the two. So the the, the puppet goes to see another sidekick. Interspersed with interactions between Brookman and Scully. Some
0: really great interactions between Mulder and Scully. Um, And the psychic as well, because this psychic is pretty much spot on. Yes,
1: yes. And I don't know if you notice but he's a carryover from the last Darren Morgan episode. So the actor playing this guy is the one who was heavily made up, who sold Scully into going into that room and looking at Did not know that. Yeah, so same guy. Um so yeah, uh, Brookman tells Scully that they end up in bed together, um, yeah. which is just <laughs> hilarious. Uh, it, it's like, oh, man, it just the, the way that Morgan sets stuff up in this, hmm. it's just, he, he makes it seem so easy, so off the cuff, just really light, you know, he always, he has these things where something can seem light and fluffy, but then has a payoff that is actually deep and profound. And then Mm -hmm. he can do something that feels like it's going somewhere deep and profound, but it ends up with like, oh, it's you. You know, like, it's just, yeah, just, oh man, I wish I could write like this guy. But um, the psychic's last card that he flips over is the death card, which the puppet says is his card. Um, So, yeah, you know, shortly before killing him. Mm -hmm. And we flip back to Scully who asks how she's going to die. And Brookman simply says, you don't. Yep.
0: Hmm.
1: Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did you mean you don't in this case or ever? ever? Or, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Um, given where, yeah. Anyway, Mulder arrives and says that the lace they found is Chantilly Lace which relates back to the Big Bopper who obviously made the famous song Chantilly Lace yeah. um, which I know from the film True Lies and th- that's kind of like um, the key to this, this particular case that, you know, uh, Bruckman got so fixated on, you know, on, on the Big Bopper and that whole story and chance because of that song, Chantilly Lace. Is that, is that the key to what's going on here? Who knows, mm-hmm. is, is it the connection? Um, Scully says, coincidences, Mulder asks, why do all coincidences feel so contrived if they're just coincidences? Uh, which i think is a really nice question to ask that deals with faith shall we say Um, (laughs) (laughs) you know you talk you talk about it's you could you can apply the same question to miracles can't you why do why do miracles seem like coincidences um when when you know like so like contrived coincidences uh when you know Mm-hmm. once I get what you're so, okay yeah you get it so uh, yeah I like that I like that that question there that you know again I, I think you need that question because we have been on this subject of again predeterminism you know if, 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 if everything is just destined we have no free will no choice then really we're just living a a a program that somebody else has kind of we're in the into. matrix yeah we're in the matrix we may as well just not care about anything really um so throwing that question in there kind of plants that seed that actually you know that links back to faith i think that also links back to free will and choice and which is the angle i think Mulder's coming at it from anyway so um Mulder sleeps in the bed next to Brookman so Scully Scully goes off they've been doing shifts she's had her shift Mulder takes over sleeps in the bed next to Brookman's and Brookman tells him this dream.
0: <laughs> That's awesome.
1: It's a really great dream in which he's basically he's, he's asleep on this flower bed, and then his body just starts decomposing until he ends up into complete nothingness. And then mm-hmm. he rolls over and says, "Well, good night."
0: And turns out the light. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you can't help but feel that he's just missing the motor. Yes, <laughs> this. this whole horrible dream and it's not until you see you the next morning when Mulder's not slept you realise the effect this has <laughs> just had on him. Yeah. And brilliant special effects as well. Fantastic. Uh,
1: excellent fantastic. special effects. The way you see that body just slowly degrading in, into nothingness, mm. yeah. Really good. For, for early 90s as well, mm-hmm. yeah, some some serious work gone into that. Um, so like you say, Scully knocks on the door, he comes to it looking all bedraggled. Um, she tells him there's been another murder and the detective stays with Brookman so
0: yeah
1: yeah um, Mulder and Scully bump into the bellhop on their way out of the building Mulder yeah. Scully kind of puts a on the yes yes yeah, it's, it's, yeah. just no. yeah uh S- scully puts a hand on the tray um which is significant for a moment that'll happen in just a moment um so so, so yeah they're going down the, the hall uh, and Mulder says he's frustrated with brookman mm. while scully admits to actually feeling sorry for him yeah um which yeah it's it's interesting i i like mm-hmm. that i like i like st- I like hearing them talk about Ruckman in these kind of contradicting ways, the way that yeah. Scully has this compassion for him. Whereas I think because Mulder sees him as a way of get, getting to that elusive truth, mm. in, in some ways it stops him from seeing his humanity.
0: Um, I think it's a case of he has the answers but can't articulate them Mm. as to why because Mulder can't get a reason as to what he can do what he can do it's it's really just frustrating him in such a way yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. and because he's kind of he really does play with Mulder all the way through the episode (laughs) as well
1: (laughs) so the detective goes to the bathroom for a smoke
0: and Brookman (laughs) lets the bell hop in well, let's uh, just uh, hang on, because the, the detective's like, uh, you know, can you see how I die? <laughs> is it cancer? Like, is it no. lung cancer? <laughs> no. So the first thing he does is take a cigarette out from behind his ear. Um, but you kind of know his time's limited, so you know, enjoy yeah. that cigarette while well you can.
1: Now the question here is, did Brookman know he was letting the killer in? Because he seems shocked, he seems surprised, as does mm. the killer. The two of them don't appear to realise that they were they were going to meet in this moment. It's almost no. like <clears throat> um, Brookman could see the detective's death from the killer's point of view, so he'd have seen him going down onto the bathroom floor, getting killed, but he wouldn't know that it was necessarily at this moment in time by this bellhop.
0: Um, because otherwise he wouldn't have opened the door, surely. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you never really see things. I, I don't think you see things through the killer's eyes. Mm. Like whenever he's seen the the visions, I think he's just seen the ramifications of what's happened and just knows what's happened. Mm. Um, specifically in that scene with uh, Mulder, when, when Mulder's in the kitchen, you never see through the killer's eyes. It, it's sometimes the camera is made to look that way, but obviously from the locations of where they are, mm. you couldn't have been. Yeah.
1: It's just it's just bizarre that they yeah you know they, they've seen the end to so many things and stuff and yet they don't know each other they'd like yeah. when they see each other like it's, it yeah it is it is funny it's like it's almost because because they're so connected it's like the, there's there's a part of themselves that they've not been able to see in each other it's it's weird yeah. Uh, but yeah so they suddenly realize who each other is Uh, The detective comes out of the toilet. Puppet goes and kills him. Um, Mulder and Scully are at the psychic's murder scene, the one that's Mm -hmm. just down the road from this hotel. Uh, Scully finds Lace. Oh, sorry. (sighs) Scully finds Lace under her thumbnail, connects it to the bellhop. She kind of has a quick flashback to how she grabbed the tray that's you had like a doily on it, a lace doily, um and she runs out. Mulder's like women's intuition. <laughs> yeah, you know, which is quite amusing. Um so Scully finds Chavez the detective, while Mulder has a run in with a pie and the bell hop. Um yes. so this is where we see that vision that, that Brookman had almost coming true, but not coming mm-hmm. true, or was it not even coming true? Has it come true? Depending on whose perspective you look at it from, it's uh, yeah. Either way, if if you want to believe, if you want to believe in predetermination, there's enough here to, to suggest that. If you want to believe in free will and choice, there's also enough there to suggest that, which is which is great. Uh, Scully saves the day thanks to a broken elevator that she stepped into. Uh, no sign of Bruckman though, so no. mm. okay, so <clears throat> they go to Bruckman's apartment where there is a dog waiting for Scully. So yeah. <clears throat> a little note saying don't, you know, don't hold it against him what he's done to his owner, because he was kind of locked in the room with her dead body for the past couple of days. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, there's a note there. Foskel is saying, basically, do you want a dog? And the answer to that is yes. She's going to keep this dog. It will come up. Cannibalistic dog. Cannibalistic dog. Yeah. Woo. (laughs) Um, This dog will play a significant role in a future episode of The X Files. So, yeah, look out for that one. Um, Brookman has committed suicide, so it appears. At least that's what I take from it.
0: Yes. 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 I
1: I don't think he's been murdered. He's committed suicide leading to his vision of him and Scully on the bed coming true as she looks down Mm -hmm. at his body in a tearful manner with his hand clasped in hers. Uh, Very touching moment and quite, yeah, like I say, profound. When you you go back to how light was made of it. Yeah. Very
0: good. Yeah, and, um, and then we have one final scene
1: yeah we've got one, one final scene with Scully watching TV a stupendous yappy comes on um, and he's like pick up the phone and have your future read does his whole eyebrow thing and she's literally just seconds away from dialing the number and then she re- realises what the hell am I doing this guy's a clown
0: throws the phone at the TV and the episode goes off so yeah, yeah. done, um, done. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up I'll wrap up As as much fun as I had with this episode and that, I did find it disappointing. Uh, Disappointing that it came so early in the season because I I, I can't imagine Mm. a better episode this uh, season. So Um, so, uh, episode four of a 24 episode season and to be honest, I I don't see this being ousted Mm. as being a better episode. It's so layered. It's so full of rewatchability, there's scenes that can be discussed and dissected in several mm. manners, the main character um, is a revelation, uh, particularly in his deadpan delivery of things, the way he's constantly messing with Mulder, um, the way he constantly messes with everybody to be fair, pretending to do predictions when he's already knows the information and I, I, I just think that this episode was is the way the X-Files should be constantly you know you look back at the last episode of wpo it was a slog to get through there was nothing to latch on to here Mm. we have some fantastic discussions some fantastic set pieces Uh, we have lots of double meanings uh, lots of ways you can interpret the episode and i think it's marvelous for me i I would give it six out of five Mm. if i could it's it's terrific absolutely terrific
1: yeah yeah uh i i I can't add anything,
0: anything really. Uh, five
1: out of five for me. I, again, Once again, what I love about Morgan is he, he writes about something. He takes a theme, he runs through that theme, and that theme doesn't just prop up, pop up in a couple of scenes throughout the episode, it pops up in every scene. He's so focused on, on whatever idea it is he's discussing you know, you look at humbug. It was that idea of who are the real freaks in society. You mm-hmm. know, and every single scene deals with that idea in some way. This again, you know, deals with the, with those ideas: predetermination versus free will and choice. And every scene, in some way, deals with it or asks questions about it. And it's just brilliance, pure writing brilliance i i i think the guy's a genius i i don't know why he hasn't written movies or anything you know like mm. it just boggles my brain this this is this is not the quality of writing that you get usually on tv shows um no. even even your best tv shows your, your favorite tv shows you think of your favorite episodes in it that the, they're not written with this much clarity this much
0: yeah so, 5 and, out of 5. And, and um, directed by David Nutter as well. Yes. He's become a, a good favourite. Mm. Um, so, from one classic episode on to the next one, which is The List. Brian, can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah, uh... My memory says that it's it's a solid episode, but it sits somewhere in style, I would say, between something like Fresh Bones, which isn't good, and Beyond the Sea. Right, okay. <laughs> so because of the setting and, and all that, uh, and various things in it, it, it could, it, it, yeah, it kinda, it's no way near as good as Beyond the Sea, but no way near as bad ...as Fresh Bones, if, if my memory serves me correct. Um,
0: so, I don't know. It's been a while since so, I've seen it. Just tell me this. Put, put me out of misery. Is there, is there going to be any episodes that live up to this one? In the rest of season three? Well, there is another Darren Morgan episode in this season. Right. Um, and
1: there's also an episode called Pusher, which is a fan favourite. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Um, it's a, it's a different kind of episode. It's more the the Tombs kind of Monster of the Week episode, but a very good one. Uh, one that's coming up in not too long from now is Too Shy, which I kind of like. Uh, I think that could go either way with you. But for me, I really like it. Um, Scully kicks mega ass in that one. But um, yeah, no, I, I think you've got some highlights still to come right. in this season. Uh, so don't don't be put off by how good Clyde Brookman was. Uh, I, I, yeah. I
0: think it still is probably the best episode of the season. But yeah, okay. So there we have it, and we'll see you next week for yeah. the list. Thanks for watching.
1: You've been listening to The X-Files Revisited. Please join us next time when we dissect another episode of this classic series. If you like what you've been listening to, please don't forget to click subscribe and also leave a rating and a review. It really does help us to get seen. If you'd like to hear or see more from Graham, please visit Man V Film on YouTube. Likewise, if you'd like to hear or see more from Brian, then please head over to Brian Lomax Movie Talk, also on YouTube. All that's left for us to do is to thank you for listening. And until next time, trust no one.